0: Isn't he awesome? Praise the Lord. You might be seated. Thank you so much, Lakin, for leading us tonight. Yeah. Come on. Had the privilege of getting to know Pastor Eric and Pastor Lakin. I say Pastora, right? In in Spanish. But this this couple um mean a lot to Kim and I. We um Got to meet Pastor Eric earlier. Uh, he um, came to Honduras on a Lee University trip and um, eventually said, hey, can I come down for an internship? And um, was it six weeks you were down there? Somewhere around that time. And we, we got to know this guy and really, really um, just cherished the relationship, when we came back to the States, the Lord brought us to Busby Church of God down in Loretta, Tennessee, and um, got to meet Miss Lakin, and and just a phenomenal young lady. She was uh, part of the worship team and eventually became the worship leader. Eric came to be our youth pastor and a match made in heaven. And uh, now they have three beautiful children, and man, we are just super excited. I'm thankful the Lord's brought them close to us, but yet they're so close we haven't had time to to hang out any, guys. But uh, I know that what I learned about this couple is that they're people who go hard after God. And uh, Eric was our youth pastor, so he was the youth pastor of Wesley and Anna and Eli and Jaden and... I thought my wife was correcting me about something. I'm making sure. I'm listening to the boss. The Lord and the boss, you know what I'm saying? I mean the wife. But, uh, but anyway, uh, my kids really enjoy their relationship with, with Eric and Lakin, and, and, and I really appreciate them loving on our kids and, and uh, instilling in them deep word. Um, and I know that tonight God has a message for us. And, Brother Eric, I want you to come and bless us with that word, man.
1: Amen. Amen. I feel like I need to scoot over a little bit. (laughs) Let me just let me just turn a little bit. Is that okay? I'm I'm preaching to Paul tonight, so I'm going to face him. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, Paul was being corrected earlier. Uh, He didn't he didn't catch it, but he was being corrected. Um, I caught it for you, Paul. Jaden was a little too young. He was a baby at that time. You weren't. You, okay, not a baby. Sorry, you were a child. You were a child. Um, so I didn't have I didn't have the pleasure of having him. But we love this family. We're so we're so thrilled to be this close to them. I don't, it just seems like God always puts us together. I don't understand it, but um, like you said, I met him in Honduras. I know that uh, this is your uh, considered your missions service. So I just want to say a few things about Honduras, and then I want to get straight to what uh, the Lord has given me for tonight. Um, number one, Honduras is close to my heart. It is the first and only place I've been outside of the country um, on missions, and it is so close to my heart. Um, and I thank your, your pastor for having a heart for missions and for um, what Jesus may have called the least of these Um this man and this family have given their lives and dedicated their lives um, to helping uh, for the the people of Honduras, uh, specifically Roatan, the Bay Islands. But I just want to bless them and thank you guys for the work that y'all do um, and the work that you're continuing to do there. And thank you for letting me meet my wife, the best part of me. <coughs> I say that to say that... Um, We support missions, number one, because God told us to. (laughs) Number two, because Jesus said if we give a cup of water to someone who is thirsty, it's as if we're giving it to him. And I want to go a little further than that and say for ourselves, missions, when we go on missions trips and we support missions, it's not just a blessing of other people the Lord will turn around and bless us. Divine appointments may come just because you support missions. Everybody with me? If I had not been willing to support missions, I may have missed out on a good thing. I may have missed out on meeting Mr. Paul Dyer and his family, and I... Would have eventually missed out on meeting my wife, Lakin, and I would have eventually missed out on my three kids. But because of one choice I made to go on a missions trip to Honduras, when my parents said, I don't know if I want you going out of the country. One choice I made um, changed the trajectory of my life forever, and I'm so thankful. Thankful for you guys. I'm thankful for missions. I'm thankful for God who organizes and sets our lives in places that uh, we never thought we'd be, but He does it just in time. You'll turn with me in your scriptures to Galatians chapter 6. That's where I'll be for the whole night, at least until Paul tells me to cut it out. (coughs) Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. If you're able, I want to ask you to stand with me for the reading of God's Word. I don't know what your custom is, but you don't mind. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 through 10. And I'll be there, so I'm going to go ahead and read it. The Scripture says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth through his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Let's pray. Pray with me, church. I like to hear you pray. Father God, we thank you so much for your mercy and for your grace, Lord. Your mercy and your grace that follow me all the days of my life, God. Lord, when I was a sinner and undone, Lord, doing things I ought not be doing, God, your grace found me and it followed me around, God. Your mercy hunted me down, Jesus. God, and I thank you for your grace and for your mercy today, God. Lord, I thank you for your grace and for your mercy that led me, God, to a a place in Honduras, Lord God, where you made divine connections for me, Lord God. Lord, I thank you that you have brought me to this church on this night, God, that you've given me a word for this congregation, Lord. Lord. And God, I pray that on this night, God, that you would begin to move in the hearts of men and women like you have not done in some time, God. Lord, I pray for a special anointing outpouring in this house on this night, God. Lord, you have given me a specific word for this house, Lord, and I simply, God, I simply ask for you to add your blessing to your word as it goes forth out of my mouth, God. Lord, would you anoint these old lips, God, to speak your word, Lord Jesus. Would you anoint the hearts of men women and, and young people today, God uh, who hear these words, God, would you anoint them to take this to heart, Lord God. Lord, let it be as plant as a seed that is planted and comes to fruition quickly, God. Lord, let it be as a seed that is planted and as they turn around God, the harvest is ready for them, Lord. God ex- expedite your word in their hearts today, Lord, and we thank you for it in Jesus holy name. Amen. Now, I don't know if this church just doesn't echo like mine does or not, but you may be seated. I didn't hear many of you praying, so I'm going to give you another chance in a little while to yell at me, okay? Everybody with me? I preach at a small church most of the time. Y'all spread out here. And uh, I want you to yell at me to make sure I hear you. Everybody with me? Amen. Thank you. There you got it. You caught it. Amen. Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 10 Tell tell us, basically, do not faint. As I sat down to work on this sermon for you, uh, Paul, as he typically does, texts me at a time when I'm pretty busy and uh, asks me to do something. (laughs) But I said yes, because I believe that God has a word for you. And I sat down to work on this sermon for you, and I began to pray and ask the Lord for a right now rhema word. Anybody, anybody heard that phrase before, rhema word? That means a word that is for you at this moment in this season, okay? I've been praying that God would use me prophetically in a lot of ways, and that would be one of the ways that you would get a rhema word on this evening. So I prayed that God would do that for you and for me, that he would give me a rhema word for you and as i began to pray i felt the anointing of the holy spirit on my life and i began to pray in the spirit and to pray in other tongues as i'm sure many of you good church of god folk do i began to pray in the spirit and pray in other tongues and i heard the spirit of god almost in my spirit welling up with the words for this church saying do not faint anybody hear me in this place do not faint he said Keep moving forward. Keep working as the day of my coming draws near. I feel like tonight on this evening that God wants to tell somebody in the house that if you're weary and heavy laden, just go ahead and lay it down at his feet. If you feel like giving up and throwing in the towel on ministry and on sharing the word of God with a world that seems dark and broken, don't give up. Don't give in. Do not faint, but keep moving forward. Church, in a time such as this... In a time such as this, it's easy for our thoughts to become overwhelmed by anxieties. It's easy for our thoughts to be overwhelmed by oppression and depression. When we open up our eyes every morning to a new disaster, it seems, on the television screen. When we open up our eyes every morning to a deepening of immoral agendas being pushed down our throats and being pushed through the school systems. A fresh anger and a fresh hatred for all that is good and godly seems to be coming after the church. It seems to be coming coming after anyone uh, who is associated with Jesus Christ. It is easy to begin to wonder in times such as these if darkness is winning and if darkness will overcome and if darkness will be victorious. But I've come by to tell somebody in the house tonight, do not give up, do not give in. Darkness will not win. You you are winning by the Spirit of Christ within you. God God is on your side and if God is on your side, you cannot fail if you do not give up. Shout at me, somebody. Thank you. If you don't shout, I promise I'll preach all night. It seems that in times such as these, when the right to death is celebrated, when those that fight for life are degraded, I might get you in trouble, Paul when the e- evil of racism raises its ugly head once again in our nation. It's, it's easy in these times such as these when people are targeted for violent acts based on the color of their skin and their religious beliefs and their political alliance. It's easy to think that there is no hope for this world. When from the pulpit's hatred spills out, From the pews, the right to kill unborn children is defended. Inside the church house, it's easy when we see times such as these that we begin to wonder, is it really worth going on with Christ? When it looks like from the church's division and schisms are set in motion, One cannot help but wonder if there is any hope for the world when the church can't even seem to get things together. But I heard the Spirit of God speak unto my spirit and say, tell my people, do not faint. Do not give up. Do not quit. Do not throw in the towel. I've come by to tell you today that God said don't give up. Keep working as the day of his drawing comes near. Do not lose hope, but hope ye in the Lord where your strength lies. I've come to tell somebody today you better just pick yourself up. And say to yourself, as O King David said to himself one time, Why are you downcast, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him my Savior and my God. You see, a lot of times I think we give up. We throw in the towel. We say we can't do it on our own. We're going to quit trying and we're not going to tell anybody else about Jesus because every time we do, all we get is dirty looks and people being mean and and people talking bad about religious people and saying the church is nothing but a bunch of takers and not a giver. And I want to tell somebody today if you keep relying on yourself and you keep relying on your own strength and you keep relying on what you can do to save your family and to save your friends and to save your country if you think you can cast a vote and save a country you are wrong my friend cast your vote it's a good thing but i've come by to tell somebody today you need to tell your spirit spirit quit being so downcast within me my hope is not in what i can do my hope is in who i hope in i shall yet praise him my savior and my god Amen. Anybody with me? I love a good church service. I want to know if I asked you to, would you stand to your feet with me? Come on, go ahead and do it. It's okay. You know, there's something. I don't do this, really. I don't do this. It's kind of weird. I just want to ask you, if you'll tell yourself right now, go ahead, tell yourself. I'm I'm going to tell you what to say. You ready? Self, why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God. Come on, somebody tell yourself that. I mean, really tell yourself that. Hope in God. Ah, there you go. I shall yet praise him. My Savior and my God. All right, come on, somebody. Clap your hands in this place. Give God the best praise you can give Him. I said, praise God. Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Go ahead and praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. It's okay to practice your praise. Don't quit clapping. Keep on clapping. Go ahead and give him some praise in this place. I know it seems a little strange because I'm telling you to praise him. I know it seems a little weird when I'm telling you to praise him. But I'm telling somebody in the house today, when your spirit feels least like praise, Praising God, that's when you need to praise him the most. Because something about praise and something about worship will move something in the heavenly realms. Hallelujah. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Sit down. <clears throat> I'll give you another chance in a minute. Galatians chapter 6 verse 7 starts out with these words. Be not deceived. That's what it says. It seems to me that Satan's always trying to deceive somebody. That there's always deception running rampant. The number, number one priority of the devil seems to be to deceive God's people. And his deception is so tricky sometimes. And that's why, that's why we see him moving amongst young people. You hear me? Us who are a little bit older, you who are, I'm not going to look at anybody, I'm going to close my eyes. You who are older than me, you know pretty much how life works. And if you've been following Jesus for a long time, you can, you've got a little discernment in you. And you can kind of tell when the, ho- when, when the devil tries to deceive you on something. What he'll do is he'll come to you and he'll say, he'll say something about the Word of God, but he'll twist it a little bit. And you'll go home and you'll get to thinking about it and say, wait a second. Something about that didn't sound right in my mind. And you get back to the Word of God and you can read the Word of God and find it. Satan's no idiot. And I'll get in trouble for that later. My wife will tell me you shouldn't say idiot behind the pulpit. Satan's no dummy. Satan will go to our children, those who have not have their foundation set yet, to your grandchildren, to your children, to your nieces, to your nephews, and he'll speak to them and he'll use deceived adults to speak to them. And he'll spread deception and take a whole generation if we're not careful. But do not be deceived. He will not win. Do not be deceived. Do not give up. His number one priority is to deceive people. Just take a look at how he deceived Eve in the garden. He went to Eve and he said, did God really say? He'll question you. Did God really say, I feel like we just need to return to some biblical principles. I'm not going to preach them in here tonight, because most of y'all already know them. It wouldn't do me any good. But let me just say this. There's a biblical principle that talks about life. That God is a God of life. And Satan will say, did God really say, And yes, God really did say He's a God of life. There will be a deception that comes along and Satan will say, Did God really say that only man and woman should be married? Did God really say? Did God really say you shouldn't get drunk? Did God really say You shouldn't be talking bad about everybody in the church house. Did God really say you shouldn't be gossiping? Did God really say this? Did God really say that? And Satan will be so tricky about it. In the garden, he asked her, did God really say? And he took God's word and he changed it just a little bit to make her doubt what she had heard. And whenever doubt crept into her mind, you know what happened with Eve when doubt crept into her mind? He used doubt to trick her into thinking that by disobeying God, she could get a wealth of knowledge that God was holding from her. Doubt crept into her mind, and she began to think, God is withholding from me. (laughs) I wish I could talk to Eve. You know what I'd ask her? What exactly is God withholding from you? You know what the answer to that question is? The real answer to that question, what is God withholding from you? Death. That was what God was withholding from Eve. Death. But she became so enamored with the thought that God is withholding something from me. And if I disobey God and take a bite of this fruit then I will have a wealth of knowledge that God did not intend for me to have, and then I can be like God. Everybody with me? I'm not going to preach politics in here tonight. Y'all kick me out. I just want to say one thing. There's a lot of people out here trying to act like God. Let me just move on. Don't make y'all mad. This ain't even my church. The devil made Eve believe that although she was created in the image of God, she needed the fruit to be more like God. I could could just preach on identity right here. Let me just move on. Y'all ain't with me on that one. She believed that she needed the fruit to be more like God so that she could determine for herself what was good and what was evil. You know, she didn't know what was good and what was evil. Yeah, And since that time and until even now, we've been trying to figure out what's good and what's evil. Y'all with me? We've been trying to figure out since the time that Eve ate the fruit what's good and what is evil. The government's tried to tell us what's good and what's evil. Religious people have tried to tell us what's good and what's evil, but no one has the authority to speak on what is good or evil but the Word of God. Listen, it has never been our job to determine what's good and what is evil. We read the Scripture, if God says it's good, it's good. If God says it's evil, it's evil. We have a lot of stuff labeled as good that is not too good at all. We have a lot of stuff labeled as evil sometimes in the church that God never said was evil. And Isaiah chapter 5 verse 20 says, Woe unto all those who call good evil and evil good. But I've come by to tell you today, Do not be deceived and do not faint. Although it may look weary, and although you may be tired, do not be deceived, and do not faint. Hold on to what is good. Hold on to what is faithful. Hold on to what is true, and don't let anybody tell you anything different. If anybody comes to you preaching another gospel besides the gospel you've been given through the Word of God, you just tell them, I don't want none of your stuff. You're accursed according to the Word of God. Do not be deceived. Why? Well, let's look at it. Be not deceived, verse 7 says, in Galatians chapter 6. Why should I not be deceived? Because God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Why should I not be deceived? Because God is not mocked. God sees what's going on in your life. God sees what's happening in our nation. God sees what's happening in our churches. God sees what's happening in our households. God sees even into the secrecy of our hearts. So do not be deceived thinking that we can do what we want to do and we can throw in the towel and God will never be the wiser. God will not be mocked. There will be a judgment day coming for both the saved and the sinner. And we will be judged in part based on our works. I lost half of you right there, I bet. Let me go ahead and give you the scripture. I believe it's 1 uh, Corinthians. Oh man, I didn't lost it now. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, I believe. Talks about the great white throne judgment and then the judgment seat of Christ. The great white throne judgment is the judgment seat where the sinners will be judged. But there's a judgment seat. Uh, referred to as the Bema, the judgment seat of Christ, where the Christians will be judged. When you become before the judgment seat of Christ, what, what, you, what will happen there is God will not look at you and say, You get into heaven and you don't get into heaven. What will happen at the judgment seat of Christ is God will say, All of you get into heaven, but let me see what works you did. Everyone will be judged according to the works that were done in the body. I think I'll get there in a minute, so I'm not going to get too deep into that right now. Galatians chapter 6. Verse 7 continues on saying, whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. I can't go around planting apple seeds expecting cherry trees. I can't, I, I, I can't go around planting whatever I want to plant and, and, and expecting good things to come back my way if I have planted stuff that wasn't good. I recently planted some tomato plants, and hopefully by the end of summer, I'll get something off of them. I'm not, not too good of a green thumb here. But wouldn't it be crazy? Wouldn't it be crazy if I went out to my tomato plants on the day of harvest, I walked out there, and I looked down at the plant, and I saw a tomato, and I looked back up to heaven and said, God, I want a chocolate. Now, I probably will say that, because I probably will want chocolate. But how crazy would it be for me to plant something and then get mad at God for not sending me something different? Unfortunately, many of us are running around spreading the seed of bitterness, spreading the seed of division, spreading the seed of hatred, lust, gossip, and all kinds of filthiness. And then we fall down on our knees wondering why we have no joy, why we have no friends why nobody likes us, and why we can't get free from our own addictions. God said, I'm not going to be mocked. Whatever a man soweth, that he shall also reap. For he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Praise the Lord. Everything done in the flesh will receive a reward of the flesh. A momentary fleeting pleasure of enjoyment will last for a second and be gone in a second. But everything done in the Spirit will last forever and forever. So as Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 says, Let us not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. I just want to tell a church of faithful people today, don't give up, don't faint, for there's a reward coming. Everything that you are doing for the gospel, everything that you've done for the church, everything that you're doing for people is being recorded in heaven. Not one sacrifice you've ever made with a right spirit is forgotten. Not one prayer ever prayed in the secret place has been misplaced by God. Not one moment of fasting has been overlooked. Not one solitary penny given to the furthering of God's kingdom has been left out of God's bookkeeping. God sees it all, God knows it all. Not one single act of generosity has, has been forgotten by God. It has all been recorded. In fact, God said, if you've done it to the least of these, you've done it to me. And that's one reason you ought to give towards missions. That's one reason you ought to give of yourself. I believe it was the Apostle Paul who said, I'm being poured out as a drink offering before the Lord. I've got nothing else to give, but I'm pouring myself out, he said. I'm giving up my life for the gospel. A drink offering unto the Lord. God does not forget. So do not grow weary in well-doing. There's a reward waiting on you if you do not faint. Yes, you will be judged. You will be judged at the seat of Christ for all you've done while in the body. It's 2 Corinthians, by the way. I found it. Chapter 5 says, We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, we're told that when we are judged at this judgment, we will receive a reward or we will suffer loss. We'll be judged by the judgments of fire. All of our works will have to pass through the trial of fire. And what has been good will withstand and be proven as gold. But what we've done out of selfish ambition and what we've done to be seen by others will burn up like smoke. But the church of the living God should rise up at this time. I've come by to encourage you today. Do not grow weary. Do not faint. The world will be the world. And here's a news flash for you. Sinners are going to sin. Anybody hear me in this place? Sinners are going to sin. I can't get mad at them for sinning. That's who they are. What I can do is I can watch myself. And watch my flock that God's put me over. And anybody who will listen to me who's a Christian, I can say, God doesn't want you to sin. There's a better way. And to those who aren't a, a, a Christian, I can tell them, there's a better way for you. If you'll get saved, you don't have to sin. But sinners are going to sin. But the church of the living God has been called out from among them to be different. So do not grow weary. Do not go grow faint. For, for such a time as this, you've been called. In a time where chaos abounds, God has called the church of the living God to be peacemakers. In a time when division is running rampant in the nation, in the church and in the family, God has called us to a ministry of reconciliation. We are the church of the living God. In a time where every major media outlet is peddling personal agenda wrapped in lies, it is time for the church of the living God to stand up and speak truth in the ears of all who will listen. When darkness and death prevails all around us, God says, I have raised you up for a time such as this. this This did not take me by surprise, God would say. In this world you will have trials and tribulation, but be of good cheer, the Lord said, for I have overcome the world. Church, I want to tell you today, don't give up. Galatians 6, 9 does not tell us we will receive a reward immediately. Whenever we feel like we need one. Anybody ever just felt like they needed something? I need a reward. I've been going through it. I just need a reward. God sent me a chocolate ice cream or something. I just need something. right? Galatians 6, 9 doesn't just tell us we'll receive a reward anytime we want it. It says in due season, if you do not faint, wouldn't it be something? If somebody was running a marathon, they stopped halfway and they said, where's my reward? If you do not faint, you'll receive a reward. There's a time and a place for reward. But while we are waiting, we must choose to bless the Lord at all times. Let His praise be continually on our lips. Habakkuk chapter 3 verse 17 and 18 says it like this, Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines. The labor of the olive oil shall fail, and the field shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. That sounds like a pretty bad thing. Nothing to eat. Every owl you go to and Walmart's empty. Sounds like COVID-19 all over again. Nobody can find toilet paper anywhere. Even in those times when meat prices are so high you can't afford meat anymore. Let me just go ahead and tell somebody who's worrying in the house today. Even in those times when the baby formula's not on the shelf, Even in those times when it seems like you don't have enough gas money to make it to work. Habakkuk said, even in those times when everything looks darkest and bleakest and like God can't make a way. He said this one thing, yet I will rejoice. Although there be nothing for me to eat, although there be nothing for me to drink, although the cows aren't producing milk, so to speak, though I will rejoice when everything around me seems to be falling apart and crashing down, when the economy we don't know what it's gonna do, and we're worried about this, and we're worried about the stock market, and we're worried about the gas prices. Habakkuk said, In all of this, yet I will rejoice. Do you know what he said there? He said, even though everything is going wrong all around me I will not give up on God my rock and my salvation I don't put my faith in all of this stuff that, that the world tries to sell me my faith is in one person and his name is Jehovah Jireh my provider and it doesn't matter what it looks like when I walk down the aisles at Kroger or Walmart or Ingalls or wherever you go all that matters is that I serve a God who owns the cattle on a thousand hills and if, if everything else that goes to hell in a handbasket. I know in whom I believe. All right. Job said it like this. Though he slay me, yet will I trust. Oh, goodness. Don't get me started on Job. Even if he kills me, even if He pulls out the AK-47 and mows me down. I'll trust in him. If he takes the breath out of my lungs, my trust is in him. I just wish that would get in somebody's spirit today. I'm going to close, Paul, before I get you in trouble. I want to tell somebody in the house one more time as you're standing with me. If somebody wants to play the keys and help me land. I want to tell somebody once again, do not give up. Do not faint. Do not quit. I don't know. I felt like this was a word from God for somebody. It may not have been for you, but it's for somebody. It may have been for your neighbor there it may have been for. Some of these young people who just got out of a school year that has been wild, and maybe they're struggling, but I want to tell you, don't give up. Jaden, I love you, man. Let me, let me come over here with you. Let me just come over here with you. Come with me. Go ahead, come with me. I love Jaden. I just want to bring him up here for no apparent reason whatsoever, just to make him feel shy. He's used to it. You do this to him? Okay. I am I know you. I can't just pull any of the people out. Right? Okay. I know, Jaden. <clears throat> I know what school was like when I was in it. Anybody with me? You know what school was like when you was in it? Kind of hard to remember. For me, at least. I got a bad memory. But I, I kind of know what it was like. What these guys have to face totally different I'm only 30 and it's changed a lot in those how many years is it add that math for me you said he was good at math thank you I know what it was like but these guys are facing something they're facing something that I don't know how to deal with and I'll be honest with you the, the whole go sit down Actually, don't, stand up. Don't sit down. Stand up. Over there. The whole idea with identity today. Our young people are facing a barrage of attacks from the enemy. And as a church, I hope, I, I, I know, I know, because you y'all, y'all are faithful. I know your prayers are being sent towards them. That you're praying for them. As a church, we've got to pray for our young people. Scripture says a devil walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And I don't know, I watched a documentary the other day. I don't even know why I was watching it. One of the kids wanted to watch it or something. And it was about lion cubs. I don't usually do this kind of stuff, this is weird. I don't talk about documentaries when I'm preaching. It was about lion cubs. And these lion cubs, it said, most of them didn't survive. A lot of them died from attacks from other predators. We serve Jesus, who's called the Lion of Judah. And Satan would like nothing more than to take a few cubs. Yeah. Are you the youth pastors? Great. Love you guys. Appreciate what you do. Satan would like nothing more than to take a few cubs. But I want to tell you young people first, don't give up. Because what Satan will, what Satan will want you to do, I'll go ahead and tell you because I've been through it. What Satan will want you to do is he'll want you to serve Jesus for a little while and then do what you want to do. And then he'll want you to come back to Jesus for a little while and then do what you want to do until you get really comfortable walking back and forth. Until you get really comfortable jumping in church and then hopping back out of the will of God. But I want to tell you don't give up on God. When you have those. Feelings that you want to disobey. I'm talking to you because I don't know them. You have those feelings that you want to disobey. This is for all of you. I talking to him. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Just tell me you won't give up. Don't give up. Wesley, did you give up? How old are you? 20. Man, he ain't gave up. Man's in college. He didn't give up. Man, don't give up, church. I want to tell the church, don't give up on the young people. Don't give up when you see what this world is turning into. Don't give up on the young people. Don't give up on yourself. Stay in the fight. Don't let Satan have a foothold in the door. But don't give up on the young people. Don't leave them behind. This evening, you may be feeling like you're ready to throw in the towel. You may be tired. You may be weary. You may be exhausted. You may be wondering, how can I keep from failing? How can I keep from fainting? How can I keep up the good fight? I want to give you what what God said. Is that okay? I don't got the words. God's got the word. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 29. You're wondering how I get up, how I keep from fainting, how I keep going forward. This is how. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even the youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fail. Listen right here. But those who hope in the Lord, those who hope in in the Lord. Let me say it again. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Church, you don't want to faint. You don't want to give up. You don't want to throw in the towel. All you've got to do is turn your attention back towards the Lord and say, God, I know this thing is tough. I know this world is dark. I know evil surrounds me and all is around me that's nasty and vile and wicked, but my hope is in you, oh God. If there's anybody in the house tonight who just wants a touch from the Lord, a touch of strength, any young people, any older people, just want a touch from the Lord. I want to invite you down here. I'll I'll ask your pastor to come with me and help me pray. Anybody in the house today? I'm going to say a prayer over everybody. If you feel like you want just a touch of prayer tonight, if you need some strength, if you're weary, if you're heavy laden, and you just want to cast something on God, just step forward up here with us. Father God, I pray that on this night, On this night, God, a weary person, someone who's walked in tired and undone, and they don't know if they can make it another step, God. A young man and a young woman, Lord, who just don't know if they can actually do what you've called them to do. They don't know if they can live a holy lifestyle. They don't know if they can cling to the Word of God. They don't know if they can pray, God. Lord, would you just lift them up, Jesus? Don't let the devil have them, God, but guard them and protect them, Lord, and and, and give them the strength as they hope in you, God. For everyone in this building, under the sound of my voice, God, if there's any weary, if there's any tired, God, let them them break forth in dancing. Let them break forth in shouting, God. Lord, let not the enemy have the victory over their life, God, but let hope spring forth from the depths of their soul, God, as they remind themselves, I will hope in the Lord. I will yet Praise Him. We thank You for it all, Jesus. And I'm trusting in You today, God, to finish a work that You started in these fine people. Would You bless them? Would You keep them? Would You make Your face to shine upon them? Would You bless them till their socks come off, God? Keep them and hold them, Lord. Satan desires to sift them as wheat, but You've caught them. You've called forth their name. You've brought them from darkness unto marvelous light. So we rebuke every vile enemy. In the name of Jesus, we rebuke every vile enemy who seeks to have control. We rebuke every vile enemy who seeks to have control. Every force of darkness that rests on top of the school systems, God. Every force of darkness, God, that rests, that tries to rest on top of this church, Lord, and bring people down and oppress this congregation, God, we rebuke it in the name of Jesus, and we call out for the blood of Jesus to be applied to every head and every soul today, God, that the enemy has no foothold, has no place in them to cling to, God. Would you rebuke the enemy on their behalf, Lord? Let the power of the Almighty God begin to rest on them. Have your way, Holy Ghost.
0: his desire to uplift and encourage he's an encourager as a pastor I get a text about once a week from this guy right here to encourage me and man I tell you what that means a lot God helps me Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the dance out there. But I believe the Lord wants to do something. Would you two come up here? I'm gonna ask them to represent couples. You know, sometimes they don't think the pastors are aware of things. But you know, I'm aware that we the enemy's trying to attack our couples of our church. And I want to believe, I want you guys to stand in and represent the couples of our church. That God fortifies and strengthens them. Because we're living in an age where it's easy to to disband and throw away. But I believe God is raising up couples just like you. You guys are amazing. Well, she's amazing. I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Love you guys. You guys are special. Can you stretch your hands this way? Can we pray for the couples of our church? Father, I pray for every couple in our church, every family, God. Lord, I'm thankful for from young couples to older couples, Father, retired. Lord, I know the enemy is not a respect for an age of generation or person. But Lord, I'm thankful, God, that you are the strength of our life. And, Lord, your word says that what God has put together, let no man put aside. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you'll build the bonds of the relationships of the couples of our church. That you'll anoint them and guard their hearts and guard their minds. Lord, let them recognize that the covenant they made before you. for us to be joyful in the various trials that we face because it produces a work in us, God. And I pray that we'll help to A different perspective of the trials that we face, recognizing that you are perfecting us through these things, that you are renewing our strength, you are renewing our focus, you are renewing our anointing, God. I pray that you'll raise these couples up, Lord. Let them be vibrant, let them be anointed, God. Let them be strong in the Lord, the power of your might, Lord. Raising up children that are healthy in the Word of God, knowing that they are disciples, the raising of disciples. God, anoint our families of our church, husbands and wives, God, let it be focused on you and on each other, lifting your name up and glorifying you in their homes. Bless them and encourage them and strengthen them. In Jesus' name, let it be so Father. Amen. 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 Thank you, Pastor Eric, for such a powerful message. Don't give up. Amen. Don't give up. What a blessing. Thank you guys so much for being here. Remember, Wednesday nights, man, what a great, great group of folks we have that are bringing forth the word of God. We're going through the book of Galatians on Wednesday night. So what a great word. You, you just stepped right into our Wednesday night study. And, and thank you so much for being obedient to the Lord. Um, this coming Wednesday, on every fourth Wednesday, we'll we'll kind of um, do it a little bit di- little bit different. We'll have men getting together and women getting together. This is our first Wednesday night to actually step into that. So Jeff will be directing our men, and Miss Kim will be directing our women. This coming um, Wednesday night, come out and and enjoy. We got a. I know that we have a lot of different. Uh, schools represented in our church, so I never really, you don't ever hear me try to brag on any particular school or anything like that because some people are very uh, strong about their schools, right? But I am thankful for my two boys who are made it to state. Uh, They're going, uh, leaving tomorrow. And uh, so they will be traveling to Murfreesboro, and they they play um, Madison Magnet uh, Tuesday night. And if they win, they play Wednesday. If they win, they play for the championship Friday. So who, who knows what will happen, but just pray for their safety and that they have a great time because really, in the end of the day, it's, it's a game. And I'm thankful that these guys are, are enjoying this season of their life, and I'm thankful that they... They're with a good group of young men, and and uh, that they can be a light in that group. So, pray for God to be a, to use them in that moment. All right. God bless you. Amen. God keep you. May his May His face shine on you, and may He give you peace. Amen. God bless you guys. Love you so much. Thank you, Lakin, as well.